Section 5 of A Popular History of France, Volume 5. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Popular History of France from the Earliest Times, Volume 5, by François Guizot. Translated by Robert Black. Chapter 35, Henry IV, Protestant King, 1589-1593, to Part 5. Whilst this great question was thus discussed and decided between Henry IV in person and his principal advisers, the States-General of the League and the Conference of Suresnes were vainly bestirring themselves in the attempt to still keep the mastery of events which were slipping away from them. The Leaguer States had an appearance of continuing to wish for the absolute proscription of Henry IV, a heretic king, even on conversion to Catholicism so long as his conversion was not recognized and accepted by the pope but there was already great though timidly expressed dissent as to this point in the assembly of the states and amongst the population in the midst of which it was living nearly a year previously in may fifteen ninety two when he retired from france after having relieved rouen from siege and taken caudebec the duke of parma as clear-sighted a politician as he was able soldier had said to one of the most determined leaguers quote, your people have abated their fury the rest hold on but faintly and in a short time they will have nothing to do with us End quote. philip the second and mayenne perceived before long the urgency and the peril of this situation they exerted themselves at one time in concert and at another independently to make head against this change in the current of thoughts and facts philip sent to paris an ambassador extraordinary the duke of feria to treat with the states of the league and come to an understanding with mayenne but mayenne considered that the duke of feria did not bring enough money and did not introduce enough soldiers the spanish army in france numbered but four thousand three hundred men and Philip had put at his ambassador's disposal but two hundred thousand crowns, or six hundred thousand livres of those times. Yet had he ordered that in respect of the assembly the pay should not come until after the service was rendered, i.e. after a vote was given in favor of his election or that of his daughter, the Infanta Isabella, to the throne. It was not the states-general only who had to be won over. The preachers of the League were also, at any rate the majority of them, covetous as well as fiery both the former and the latter soon saw that the duke of feria had not wherewith to satisfy them Quote, and such as had come says villeroy with a disposition to favour the spaniards and serve them for a consideration despised them and spoke ill of them seeing that there was nothing to be gained from them the artifices of mayenne were scarcely more successful than the stingy presence of philip the second when the Lorrainer duke saw the chances of Spain in the ascendant as regarded the election of a king of France and the marriage of the Infanta Isabella, he at once set to work, and succeeded without much difficulty, to make them a failure. At bottom it was always for the house of Lorraine, whether for the marriage of his nephew the Duke of Guise with the Infanta Isabella, or for the prolongation of his power, that Mayenne laboured he sometimes managed to excite for the promotion of this cause a favourable movement against the states-general or a blast of wrath on the part of the preachers against henry the fourth but it was nothing but a transitory and fruitless effort the wind no longer sat in the sails of the league 
on the twenty seventh of may fifteen ninety three a deputation of a hundred and twenty burgesses with the provost of tradesmen at their head repaired to the house of count de belin governor of paris begging him to introduce them into the presence of the duke of mayenne to whom they wished to make a demand for peace and saying that their request would at need be signed by ten thousand burgesses next day two colonels of the burgess militia spoke of making barricades four days afterwards some of the most famous but lately most popular preachers of the league were hooted and insulted by the people who shouted at them as they passed in the streets that drowning was the due of all those deputies in the states who prevented peace from being made the conference assembled at suresnes of which mention has already been made had been formed with pacific intentions or at any rate hopes accordingly it was more tranquil than the states-general but it was not a whit more efficacious it was composed of thirteen delegates for the league and eight for the king men of consideration in the two parties at the opening of its sessions the first time the delegates of the league repaired thither a great crowd shouted at them quote, peace peace blessed be they who procure it and demand it malediction and every devil take all else in the villages they passed through the peasantry threw themselves upon their knees and with clasped hands demanded of them peace the conference was in session from the fourth of may to the eleventh of june holding many discussions always temperately and with due regard for propriety but without arriving at any precise solution of the questions proposed clearly neither to this conference nor to the states-general of the league was it given to put an end to this stormy and at the same time resultless state of things henry the fourth alone could take the resolution and determine the issue which everybody was awaiting with wistfulness or with dread but without being able to accomplish it d'aubigne ends his account of the conference at suresnes with these words quote, those who were present at it reported to the king that there were amongst the leaguers so many heart-burnings and so much confusion that they were all seeking individually if not collectively some pretext for surrendering to the king and consequently that one mass would settle it entirely histoire universelle chapter twenty page three eighty six powers that are conscious of their opportuneness and utility do not like to lose time but are prompt to act shortly after his conversations with rosny whose opinion was confirmed by that of chancellor de chiverny and count gaspard de schomberg henry the fourth set to work on the twenty sixth of april fifteen ninety three he wrote to the grand duke of tuscany ferdinand de medici that he had decided to turn catholic Quote, two months after that the duke of mayenne should have come to an agreement with him on just and suitable terms and foreseeing the expense that would be occasioned to him by quote, this great change in his affairs end quote, he felicitated himself upon knowing that the grand duke was disposed to second his efforts towards a levy of four thousand swiss and advance a year's pay for them on the twenty eighth of april he begged the bishop of chartres nicolas de Toux, to be one of the catholic prelates whose instructions he would be happy to receive on the fifteenth of july and he sent the same invitation to several other prelates on the sixteenth of may he declared to his council his resolve to become a convert next day the seventeenth the archbishop of bourges announced it to the conference at suresnes this news everywhere spread abroad produced a lively burst of national and bourbonic feeling even where it was scarcely to be expected at the states-general of the league especially in the chamber of the noblesse many members protested quote, that they would not treat with foreigners or promote the election of a woman or give their suffrages to any one unknown to them 
and at the choice of his Catholic Majesty of Spain. End quote. At Paris, a part of the clergy, the incumbents of St. Eustache, St. Marie, and St. Sulpice, and even some of the popular preachers, violent leaguers but lately, and notably Guincestre, boldly preached peace and submission to the king if he turned Catholic. The principal of the French League, in matters of policy and negotiation, and Mayenne's adviser since 1589, Villeroy, declared, quote, that he would not bide in a place where the laws, the honour of the nation, and the independence of the kingdom were held so cheap, end quote. And he left Paris on the 28th of June. Finally, on this same day, the Parliament of Paris, all chambers assembled issued a decree known by the name of the decree of president lemaitre who had the chief hand in it and conceived as follows quote, the court having as it has always had no intention but to maintain the catholic apostolic and roman religion and the state and crown of france under the protection of a most christian catholic and french king hath ordained and doth ordain that representations shall be made this afternoon by president lemaitre assisted by a proper number of councillors of the said court to the duke of mayenne lieutenant-general of the state and crown of france to the end that no treaty be made for the transfer of the crown to the hands of foreign princes or princesses and that the fundamental laws of the realm be observed and from the present moment the said court hath declared and doth declare all treaties made or hereafter to be made for the setting up of foreign prince or princess null and of no effect or value as being made to the prejudice of the salic law and other fundamental laws of this realm it was understood that this decree excluded from the crown of france not only philip the second the infanta isabella archduke ernest and all the spanish and austrian princes but also all the princes of the house of guise quote, because the qualification of foreigners applied to all the princes who were not of the blood royal and who were issue of foreign houses even though they might have been born in france and were regnicole end quote. Mayenne refused, it is not known on what pretext, to receive the communication of this decree on the same day on which it was voted by the Parliament. When President Lemaitre presented it to him the next day before a large attendance, Mayenne kept his temper and confined himself to replying gruffly, quote, My first care has always been to defend the Catholic religion and maintain the laws of the realm. It seems now that I am no longer necessary to the State, and that it will be easy to do without me. I could have wished, considering my position, that the Parliament had not decided anything in a matter of such importance without consulting me. However, I will do all that I find possible for me, and that appears reasonable as to the two points of your representations." On the following day, 30th of June, Mayenne was dining with the Archbishop of Lyon, Peter d'Espignac. President Lemaitre was sent for, and the wrath of the Lieutenant-General burst forth. Quote, the insult put upon me is too palpable for me to be quiet under it. Since I am played fast and loose with in that way, I have resolved to quash the degree of the Parliament. The Archbishop of Lyons is about to explain to you my feelings and my motives. The Archbishop spoke long and bitterly, dwelling upon the expression that quote, the Parliament had played fast and loose end quote, with the Prince. President Lemaitre interrupted him. Quote, I cannot, unmoved, hear you repeating, sir, that to which my respect made me shut my eyes when the prince spoke. Looking upon me as an individual, you might speak to me in any way you thought proper. But so soon as the body I represent here is injured by insulting terms, I take offence, and I cannot suffer it. Know then, sir, that the Parliament does not deceive or play fast and loose with anybody, 
and that it renders to every man his due. The conversation was continued for some moments in this warm and serious tone, but the quarrel went no further. From the account they received of it, the Parliament applauded the Premier President's firmness, and all the members swore that they would suffer anything rather than that there should be any change in the decree. It remained intact, and Mayenne said no more about it. During these disputes amongst the civil functionaries, and continuing all the while to make proposals for a general truce, Henry the Fourth vigorously resumed warlike operations, so as to bring pressure upon his adversaries and make them perceive the necessity of accepting the solution he offered them. He besieged and took the town of Dreux, of which the castle alone persisted in holding out. He cut off the provisions which were being brought by the mound to Paris. He kept Poitiers strictly invested. Les Dignières defeated the Savoyards and the Spaniards in the valleys of Dauphiny and Piedmont. Count Mansfeld was advancing with a division towards Picardy, but at the news that the king was marching to encounter him, he retired with precipitation. From the military as well as the political point of view, there is no condition worse than that of stubbornness mingled with discouragement. And that was the state of Mayenne and the League. Henry the Fourth perceived it, and confidently hurried forward his political and military measures. The castle of Dreux was obliged to capitulate thanks to the four thousand swiss paid for him by the grand duke of florence to the numerous volunteers brought to him by the noblesse of his party quote, and to the sterling quality of the old huguenot phalanx folks who from father to son are familiarized with death says d'aubigne henry the fourth had recovered in june fifteen ninety three so good an army that quote, by means of it he wrote to ferdinand de medici i shall be able to reduce the city of paris in so short a time as will cause you great contentment but he was too judicious and too good a patriot not to see that it was not by an indefinitely prolonged war that he would be enabled to enter upon definitive possession of his crown and that it was peace religious peace that he must restore to france in order to really become her king he entered resolutely on the fifteenth of july fifteen ninety three upon the employment of the moral means which alone could enable him to attain this end he assembled at Mantes the conference of prelates and doctors, Catholic and Protestant, which he had announced as the preface to his conversion. He had previously, on the 13th of May, given assurance to the Protestants as to their interests by means of a declaration on the part of eight amongst the principal Catholic lords attached to his person, who undertook, quote, with His Majesty's authorization, that nothing should be done in the said assemblies to the prejudice of friendly union between the Catholics who recognized His Majesty and them of the religion, or contrary to the edicts of pacification, end quote. On the 21st of July, the prelates and doctors of the conference transferred themselves from Mantes to Saint-Denis. On Friday, July 23, in the morning, Henry wrote to Gabriel de Lestrée, quote, Sunday will be the day when I shall make the Somerset that brings down the house, end quote, or le saut périlleux. A few hours after using such flippant language to his favourite, he was having a long conference with the prelates and doctors, putting to them the gravest questions about the religion he was just embracing, asking them for more satisfactory explanations on certain points, and repeating to them the grounds of his resolution. Quote, I am moved with compassion at the misery and calamities of my people. I have discovered what they desire, and I wish to be enabled with a safe conscience to content them. End quote. At the end of the conference, quote, Gentlemen, he said, I this day commit my soul to your keeping. I pray you take heed to it. 
for wheresoever you are causing me to enter i shall never more depart till death that i swear and protest to you and in a voice of deep emotion his eyes dim with tears quote, i desire no further delay i wish to be received on sunday and go to mass draw up the profession of faith you think i ought to make and bring it to me this evening when the archbishop of bourges and the bishops of le mans and evreux brought it to him on the saturday morning he discussed it apart with them demanding the cutting out of some parts which struck too directly at his previous creed and life and chancellor de chiverny and two presidents of the parliament arlet and Groulard, used their intervention to have him satisfied the profession of faith was modified next day sunday the twenty fifth of july before he got up henry conversed with the protestant minister anthony de la fay and embraced him two or three times repeating to him the words already quoted quote, i have made myself anathema for the sake of all like moses and st paul a painful mixture of the frivolous and the serious of sincerity and captious reservations of resolution and weakness at which nobody has any right to be shocked who is not determined to be pitiless towards human nature and to make no allowance in the case of the best men for complication of the facts ideas sentiments and duties under the influence of which they are often obliged to decide and to act on sunday the twenty fifth of july fifteen ninety three henry the fourth repaired in great state to the church of st denis on arriving with all his train in front of the grand entrance he was received by reginald de bonne archbishop of bourges the nine bishops the doctors and the incumbents who had taken part in the conferences and all the brethren of the abbey Quote, who are you asked the archbishop who officiated Quote, the king Quote, what want you Quote, to be received into the bosom of the Catholic, Apostolic, and Roman Church. Quote, do you desire it? Quote, yes, I will and desire it. End quote. At these words the king knelt and made the stipulated profession of faith. The archbishop gave him absolution, together with benediction, and conducted by all the clergy to the choir of the church, he there, upon the Gospels, repeated his oath, made his confession heard mass and was fully reconciled with the church the inhabitants of paris dispensing with the passports which were refused them by mayenne had flocked in masses to st denis and been present at the ceremony the vaulted roof of the church resounded with their shouts of hurrah for the king there was the same welcome on the part of the dwellers in the country when henry repaired to the valley of montmorency and to montmartre to perform his devotions there here then was religious peace a prelude to political reconciliation between the monarch and the great majority of his subjects. End of section 5